Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Today I want to talk about ADHD coaching. And instead of me talking about it, I want to demonstrate, I want to bring someone that has gone through it with me personally, through coaching with me, and has experienced it. So there's a bit of a before and after scene that we're going to paint for you. And also just to have a candid conversation. So I really haven't rehearsed this with Sarah, who's my guest. And she's going to say whatever she wants to say and the good, the bad, and, and hey, I'll even take the criticism if there is one. But, but this is about really understanding when ADHD coaching can help us, can move us through some tough times, can be of a bit of that flashlight into your brain in better understanding your neurology and what it means for you specifically. So in the case of Sarah... She reached out to me in the beginning of COVID and said, okay, we've got to figure this out. I need to just figure this out. And her, the theme that I heard was, I want to be more productive with my days. That was initially what she came in with, to be more productive. And you know, one of the things that I, I often hear about coaching, you may come in with the thing that you want to get coached on, but it's never that thing. There's always something in that undertone, in that undercurrent that is actually the real thing that you end up getting coached on. So without further ado, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's been a long time in the making. I think we've been trying to get together for a couple months, but mm -hmm. I'm here. We're doing uh, it. You already took one of my talking points, right? Right in your intro there. Good, bring it's, it, repeat it again. <laughs> it's so true. I came th thinking, so... I came thinking I have stuff to do. I've got this new job. I got a job in January and then COVID hit and I was just living in overwhelm and I'd had enough and I had seen enough self-care, you know, phrases on Instagram and stuff and realizing it. And I thought, you know what, what do I got to lose? I'm going to phone one of these life coach gurus. I'm going to go there. So I thought, and I had... We had, uh, you said earlier, we'd been in a, like there's an ADHD women's kind of forum group. And uh, I just did really, and there's a few early Instagram TV videos that you did. And I thought, ah, I like this lady. And I liked you because you were not, we lived totally different lives. You were, you were very much in the corporate world. And I'm a stay-at-home mom, where I was until last couple of years here but I just thought I, I, I just wanted to get that outside perspective and here here's someone's perspective that that isn't in my in my circle in my realm so yeah productivity was not what ended up being the takeaway interestingly enough so yeah and that's where the magic happens so let's back up a little bit Sarah okay what's about your ADHD uh nine years ago you were diagnosed Give us a quick, brief history on that. Okay, I'll try to be as brief I know. as I can. But I, that's why I'm specifying, <laughs> quick. <laughs> I know how you're very right. Well, I always, the more you learn about ADHD, the more, the more I'm like, yeah, that's me, that's me. And I remember in college, I had a hard time taking a test or something, and someone said, you know what, you could, they, they actually give you free psychologists to go see if you take this you know, the test, I don't know what they're called, pair test or something. And so I took it and I got the, I thought, oh, I got to lose. Sure, I'll take it. So I got the results. And of course, I, they're like, yeah, you're off the charts. So you would qualify for a free psychologist. And you know what I said then at 18? I've made it this far in life. I don't need, I'm fine. So I didn't do anything about it. Nothing. 
Yeah. Not until my son was actually diagnosed in grade one. I had a super brave older teacher that said, I was just at a conference. We had a speaker come about ADHD and your son fits the bill. And so we went through everything. And I remember sitting in the elevator, going up in the elevator and thinking, going up to see the child psychiatrist. And I thought, this is the biggest parenting decision we've ever made is having to diagnose and possibly medicate our, our seven, eight year old child. Anyways, as we were sitting in the meeting, the psychiatrist looked over, he was giving, he had a stuff written on the board and all the symptoms of ADHD. And he just looked at me and goes, that's you, Sarah. I'm like, I know, sorry. So it's definitely genetic. But at that point I thought, if my son is going through this process with medication and whatnot, I think it's, I, I think I need to look into this. So I went and saw my family's physician. I told him everything that was going on. I told him what the child psychiatrist said to me. And he said, yep, you probably have it. And so, I mean, I never went to a psychiatrist. I actually got diagnosed through my family doc, but anyways, that was nine years ago. And here I am today, almost, almost the point where I could say proud most days. Yeah. Most days, not all days, but most days. Yeah. Proud, proudly ADHD for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's real, that, that part about, you know, it's about managing it. It's not about curing it. It's not about yeah. I'm gonna fix it. And it's, that's it. I mean, it's like, if you're left-handed, you're left-handed. If you're right-handed, you're right-handed. It's like, it's your neurology. Yeah, so I went through those stages for sure. Mm -hmm. All those different stages they say, and one of them being cured. And even I went through the shame stage and not even wanting anyone to know embarrassment and I'm so, mm. past that. I'm so past that. So it's <laughs> that interesting the the nine year. So from the time you found out yeah. to the time you're like, okay, I'm going to hire a coach. Yeah. In those nine years, what did you do? How did you cope? How did you manage with it? Cause um, I know you go into self-help stuff too. So what were some of the things you did? Luckily, I, one of the things that I, I'm lucky that my, everyone has a hyper focus, right? And everyone has this, like a super skill. Oddly enough, one of mine is, is uh, I love to organize and create systems. I love to create systems and not till, the problem is with systems though is, and I didn't learn this till later and the more mature I got, that I would start systems like in my household, like a, a chore system. I was really into the sidetracked home executives. It was an old book that was written for stay-at-home moms. It was a card catalog. They might now probably have an app, but you would catalog how you clean your home and I, I just was all into systems and I was probably drawn to that because I had a, a disabled executive function. So I was drawn to external things to help ground me and, and those tools worked. But what would happen was I would use them and depending on how, like, like you say, how shiny they were and how fun they were, uh, like everything needed to be a game always. Like I, I could tell you, you know, many numerous games and ways I do like just tools on my own that I found on my own without well, life coach. I didn't need a life coach for that, but I had all of these tools that I would use. And as soon as they would get boring or not fun anymore, or the, you know, it wasn't creating that, I guess, dopamine hit to do it, to, to give that external, what's the word, like motivation really to do it or desire. I would then it would be like a cycle of guilt and feel bad, but the older I got, the more I realized, okay, I just needed to create something else to do it. And instead of going into that failure and guilt, I would just create a new system. So 
get like point system for my kids to do chores. We tried marbles, we tried magnets, we tried punch cards, we try, I organized my kitchen, I'd use a label maker and like whatever, just to keep myself, keep it something fun and a game. And I used to um, be ashamed of that too, that I was kind of a juvenile or, you know, I needed systems like a little kid did. And I, like, I would not tell people that I would do it. I don't care now, like whatever works, works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'm also learned probably just right before you learned that that resiliency or that pick myself up kind of attitude I have about things. And oh, what's that word that I'm looking at? Just get back. Oh, it failed. Didn't work. I, I fell off. The, my house looks like a train wreck. Okay. New system. And, it, and, and that, that would bring me fun. Yeah. And it also gives you that push to, to keep going. It gives yeah, you, for sure. It, it's shiny. It, it creates yeah. dopamine. It, it gets you to be motivated to get going. Yeah. So, However, I just yeah. want to say one thing though, in that though, and this is where coaching came in, in that though would go, and my sister used to say, are you, she just would think I would bite when I was bipolar because I'd mm-hmm. be on a, like a roller coaster and then I would sink down and then down and then, and this is where coaching comes in, Kathy, is that yeah. those downs aren't just down because I wasn't running on anxiety and chaos when I was down. Mm-hmm. I, I still do, but this is where coaching comes in, that brain change, that brain flip and that yeah. empowerment and realizing that I can yeah. change different. So before we go to the post, yeah. in the pre-picture, what, one thing that I'm hearing and I hear it in, in your story and I hear it often in other stories too is the I've coped with this all my life, especially for those of us that have been late in life diagnosed. I was late in life diagnosed. And for me, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I've been pretty successful for most of my life. Why is this happening now? And why am I crippled with decision-making, with organizing? So intuitively, you had created your own strategies and tools. Yes. So at what point, yeah, at what point did you say to yourself, like, what was the trigger that's like, this is not working anymore. What, what brought you to that? Because you've done some amazing stuff, which usually those are the things we suggest. Do shiny new things. If it wears off, do another yeah. one. Yeah. What, what happens though is, you know, this is not something I was planning talking about, but it's so rampant. I'm seeing it more and more with women, especially. Mm-hmm. We are not falsely. What's the word? We are diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Yeah, we are stuck in this society where when we fail over and over, a long time ago, uh, what's that podcast I used to listen to? Tuckman, Ari Tuckman said this years ago, he said, it's a, we have to think about our batting average, how well we're doing over time instead of the consistently 100%. But the comparing would creep in and we compare and then we would just fail and it was all or nothing and just get very emotional about things. And, uh, I just started realizing that that failure and that anxiety and those symptoms are coming up. And instead of me just running the doctor saying, I have anxiety, I have depression, the knowledge that I had that this is an ADHD symptom of of untreated ADHD and I'm, I'm treated. I have the medication. I have the tools, right? But there's, there's more, I, I'm, I'm, what's that word you, you call someone where you don't, you know, you have tenacity. I'm not going to give up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what else is out there? Okay, I've tried the tools. I've tried the best I can on my own. What other tools are there? I haven't tried life coaching yet. And uh, as like hippie as that sounds and as 
new agey, oh, touch with my feelings. And I'm, I'm like, no, giving it a go. What have I got to lose? You know, what's the next step? I go to the doctor and get some anxiety meds. And I thought, no, I'm going to try this first. See if there's some work I can do on my own. I don't want to discount people that are truly feeling it. I, I just know myself. And I know, like I said, that I have that tenacity. That I will, yeah. I will exhaust yeah. every avenue yeah. that I can. And I like the point you're bringing up. Because there's a point where coaching becomes that tipping point of, got it, I'm good to go now. But totally. before that is and you know when when we started speaking when you came to me i one of the things i screen out is to make sure that that person is ready for coaching that they're actually coachable because it's going to be hard work you're going to be ready to let go of some stories that you've been holding on in there you're yeah. going to be ready to let go of some behaviors and if you're not then it's not coaching time yet. It's maybe cognitive behavior therapy. It's, you know, it's seeing a therapist. It's continuing with medication, changing some of the other pieces. Mm -hmm. So what I liked about your approach was I'm good. The mindset was there. Let's do this. So congratulations on that. And I'm so grateful for having such an amazing experience with you because every time we spoke, I'm like, God, I love this woman. (laughs) It it was, it, it just, you brought it all in and that some sessions were really hard for you, but you pushed through. So tell me, in these six months together, what were some of the tools that helped you move past some well, of these goes, challenges? This goes to what we were talking about before. What we think we need and what we think... I went into this thinking that you would give me more productivity tools. Mm-hmm. New lists, new way of journaling, new way of... I thought of it very like hands-on, like a time management. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, you did warning, you did say disclaimer, you got to do the work, but the, the work quote unquote was the complete opposite kind of work that I thought I needed. And it's funny that, you know, I I claim to be so self-aware, but what you gave me is the space and the time for me to process my thoughts and talk and you gave me silence sometimes where I'd say something and it was like, boom, listen to what you just said there, you know? And it, we had these moments where I was like, oh, I thought I had that figured out. And a lot of it was a lot of the work that I needed. And it, you know me, sometimes I get emotional. I might get emotional here. Yeah, I know. Was I, I, I logically knew cerebrally, like I knew I am loved. I am worthy. All of those things. But the actions I was doing and the thing, the way that I was treating myself the, I, was self-deprecating, mm-hmm. was hatred, was being hard on myself. And I didn't even realize, I didn't even correlate the two. So there was some awareness that, awareness that I did not have, that I was not treating myself, that I knew logically, well, I'm supposed to love myself, self-care, da, da, da. but I, I didn't fully love myself and accept myself for who I was at a present moment. You know, I, I loved myself for the potential of who I could be, but I never seemed to cry across that person. I never quite seemed to be that person. So I constantly lived in this state of, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. You're never going to get there. You never, you have so much potential, Sarah. You know, I'd, you know, tell myself that and Look at you. You can't even get there. You're, you're never going to, it's only going to, ADHD's only get worse the older you get. And mm-hmm. I was feeling this despair and failure. And like I said, it was down that path of self-pity and 
just like, like low energy, didn't feel like doing that much. You know, I was totally depression symptoms were, were creeping up, but I'll never forget one of our first sessions you said to me, so I was like, okay, I was like ready with my notepad. What did yeah. she tell me I need to do today? And you're like, actually, I think even the first time you're like, don't do anything today because we were sitting in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're in quarantine. You're like, congratulations, you got dressed today. Congratulations, you. And you just, you gave credit for the little things I was doing. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not credit. I should be. I should be doing yoga. I should be getting up early. I should be making sourdough bread. I should be, all my kids should be on Zoom at the same time and helping them. And then I'm always going to the other room and I work part-time at my job. It's like, no. And then eventually it was do one thing, do mm-hmm. one thing today and report back to me. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then you just be like, yes, you did that thing, celebrate. And, you know, and from there, I think another huge thing that you taught me is it's more than you're more than your lists. You're more than the things that you say you're, you have to do in a day, what you do in a day. It is what it is. Like it's, they're there. There's no, there's no self-worth tied to that, Mm -hmm. to your to-do list that we, we always, we do this. We think, well, if I didn't get one, a to 20, the one, the one to 20 done in my day, I'm no good. I suck. Yeah, especially as a mom with children and working yeah. part. Like you're like the, the the all of it. You're a working mom, four kids, family. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I had just gotten out of. I had just spoken at a conference to women about finding their mission and purpose. And I stand behind what I learned. I I spoke about there, and I really have had this burning desire and this itching. Like I got, I got. I got shit to do. I have stuff to do. And I, I, I thought, I know it's in me to do that. And I just got to find the, the tools, which the tools are not what I thought. It was actually self-love mm-hmm. is stopping me from getting mm-hmm. uh, where I want to be. It, mm-hmm. It's sitting in old habits. It's sitting in old mind frames and mindsets. Yeah, that and it's it's my pleasure and honor to to have kind of be your co-pilot through that journey. The the one thing that one of my foundations is around the marrying the science with the who, with the person, with with the, who they are, right? Their essence. Uh-huh. So that that brain neurology, and then okay, what are we going to do about this? So I know you you came to me with a good base of foundation of your ADHD brain. Yeah. You had that knowledge. So then marrying the two together, how has that worked for you? What areas in your life have you seen improvement of, oh, okay, this is ADHD. And then this is Sarah, who she is. And then here's what I'm going to do. I think recognizing, it's an interesting question because I think it's, that's an ongoing skill Mm -hmm. for sure. I think it's not so much once again, it just gets back to that, that ADHD brain understanding. Ah, okay. I have an, I have, I've, I've got a specific example for that one. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes I can catch it. Sometimes I can't, but you've helped me catch it sooner. And it's um, helped me actually my relationship with my spouse and at work is finding out when I'm stuck in a cyclical conversation to get some kind of dopamine hit out of it. Yes. Specifically, like he wanting to be right, 
for getting some kind of payoff because it involves emotions and drama and wanting to problem solve something and understanding that that's us wanting to solve a problem, think about it, is giving us some kind of dopamine payoff, which is so silly. So I think that's a, like a very concrete place I can say that's been a tool where I say, uh, leave it, I don't need to. I mean, I don't know if you remember in a session where I was having some pretty drama at work, pretty big drama, and uh, and it's probably the most emotional phone call we had, but at the end of it, and she said, you said to me, you're like, yeah, and we've had this long talk, and you've just paid me to help you, and we're, we worked through it, and come, come on the other side, and then, you know, in the past, you'd then go talk to your husband, and then you'd go talk to your BFF in Vancouver, and then you'd, you know, I keep dumping, because it, at some part in our brain we like to do this ruminating in this cyclical mm -hmm. whatever except realizing that we've come to a place of solution that we should then take it into action and uh, move on and distract ourselves with something positive so i think that's been a huge takeaway i'm working on that one that was just that was our latest session mm -hmm. what's funny is at the end of that session you said to me uh, and I laughed out loud so hard. I called crying. I was upset. I, I just like I hated something at work happened. And uh, you said to me, congratulations, here's your final exam. <laughs> <laughs> it was because it was, we were six months into coaching and then boom, this situation came up for you and you were like, what is going on? Yeah, and I that, thought I was cured. I thought it was fixed. No, right. no. And, and that's exactly, and I thank you for bringing that up and being so honest about it. And oh, yeah. actually transparent that even though I've been working with Sarah for this long, there are times where those exams are going to come up where we get to put it into practice. Yeah. And, you know, all they took was a conversation back and forth, a bit of because she already had the foundation, she had all the tools, we pulled it through, she pulled it through, makes sense, makes sense, off you go. So then coaching doesn't become this crutch, it becomes a bit of monthly check in or. Yeah a bit of, hey, this is what I'm going through. So you have the safety of processing it with someone who professionally knows how to process it with you, as opposed to in this situation, you know, if you call a friend, they're gonna be right in there with you and complain no, totally. about it, and the husband will everything. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it also, the, 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 the theme of that is emotional regulation and understanding how to manage our emotions so that you know we don't go through the spiral that that sarah was going down the path on so it was a heavy my, my favorite is a couple things that you do uh, two things i want to mention one thing you'll say to me and luckily i can take it but you'll say i mean don't this is like a direct line i've said this constantly i mean no dis disrespect to you sarah but how's that working for you i know i i borrow that from dr phil i love it <laughs> i'm like not very well, actually, Gabby. Yeah. Oh, what's another one that you use that I'm like, oh, it just makes me laugh. Oh, I can't forget it now. I, can't, I forget it right this minute. It'll come to me again, though. I bet. But it, it's, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of interrupting our negative thoughts to say, okay, enough is enough. You know, one of my mentors has a phrase called BMW, bitch, moan, and whine. And in her coaching sessions, she gives that only, okay, you have 15 minutes of BMW, take it for a ride. And you know, you have 15 minutes of bitching, moaning and whining about something, and then let's move forward. 
Yeah. Or else, if you want to keep in that place, that's all your brain is focusing on and you're not able to move past anything. And that's what I mean about letting go of the story, doing the work. So yeah. Sarah, in, in or, with regards to your life in general, if we were to do this life wheel, what are some of the areas that you've seen improvement in as a result of this, this work together? Okay, so the thing I want to talk to you the most about, and I have two experiences, I don't know how much time we have, maybe I'll have time for one, but one thing that has happened to me, and I, I cannot believe, our first, we had a session that was, one session that was mostly informational, where you brought in your, you kind of married the two, your ADHD training, and you have a lot of leadership. All about my assessment. Yeah, and I remember writing down some things for sure, and then I printed off some stuff and I read it over and I never, I, I'm like admitting this now on your podcast, but I never hung it up like you maybe suggested to. Never did. And I got around to it. It's in my closet somewhere. It's okay. <laughs> but what I find interesting and what hopeful about my brain and like totally, I've been given hope because things that I had learned there and we, you constantly bring up a lot of the methods and the tools and the, and the, just the, the philosophy that, that uh, you have about energy, you'd bring it up and I'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And there'd be real world opportunity for me to shift that mindset and that way of thinking. And I immediately apply. It didn't happen overnight for sure. There were some, there's some simmering that I had to do and just, you know, reflection and think about just on my own, just think about consciously and subconsciously that this is the whole part I wanted to talk about is how incredible our brains are. So I had uh, two situations at home and it's bled into work for sure, but the home ones are the ones that I'm like, wow. So I can get very, very reactive sometimes and um, very um, victim. I, I can just play the victim like nothing else. Like I don't want to always have to do everything around. You're just a classic mom, right? So I had this situation. I shared with it on my little Instagram as a story. So I mean, that's why it comes to mind because I shared it. But I, it was early in the morning. Everyone left school and I, I didn't have to go to work till about 1030. And uh, so it was about 839. And I looked at my disaster of a kitchen and everything that was everywhere. And usually I'm like, are you kidding me? Why is it all there's French fried plate there? There's they left the ketchup out. I, we still eat this ketchup. It gets left out all the time. I imagine all the preservatives and that stuff because we just keep eating it. Hot sauce. What else? Oh, just stuff everywhere. Cups. But within like seconds, my brain snapped and I thought I could choose to play the victim here. What was mom picking up after the kids, the teenagers all the time. But instead I shifted my mindset and I said, what fun we had last night. Look at this. We had French fries. Oh, and look at the fancy drinks. We made these lime, we call them dirty. There was a coconut lime drink. It was, that was left over. And I thought, oh my gosh, we have food to eat. I just was filled with gratitude for my, you know, my kitchen and just that we had that space to hang out as a family and joking around, making drinks and laughing. And I was able to bring to mind gratitude and positivity from the night before. And I told myself, this will take you five minutes to clean up a bit. And it cleaned it up in five minutes. And I just had this feeling of gratitude and happiness that my kids have full bellies and that we had such a fun evening, you know, spent as a family. 
that is not me, Kathy. I don't do that. <laughs> I know you don't. I, 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 I know in the beginning it was like, no, systems and productivity. I get that. And, yeah. I, and that's one thing I like about that assessment is it really opens up to say, here's how you see the world currently in your current state. And then here's how you see it at, under stress. And then yeah. we find patterns and we find, you know, the, the kind of the foundational work that we did together and to continually bring up this tool that we use. And I remember at one time you're like, okay, I don't think it's woo woo anymore. I actually think this works. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it does work when, when you're ready to do, to embrace it. It does work. So, no, I, uh, I think too, like the whole, oh, shoot, I forgot. Oh, here it is. It's back. It comes, it comes, it goes so fast. But I was, you brought up stress and that's what I, I was living my life. Okay, you probably know from a scientific standpoint, how stress affects ADHD and mm -hmm. how it exasper it just expands all of our symptoms and mm -hmm. makes it, it just all, everything is just expanded it's way more. Yeah. And really, I think the key for me being in COVID you know, being pulled and having wearing trying to juggle, juggle all these balls is that I was trying to juggle them under extreme stress reaction all yes. the time. Yeah. And if I, I, you probably wrote this in your notes, Sarah needs to manage her stress and then her ADHD. I don't know if you wrote that in your notes, but no, nope. that, <laughs> that was really, I needed to realize that I actually had more power and control mm -hmm. and choices that I was in control of lowering my stress, not anybody, not my husband, not my children. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to nag harder on them to clean up. That wouldn't have gotten mm -hmm. the deal done. It, and, and, and it's not saying that story I gave, it's not saying that, oh, I get to be a doormat now and that I have to clean up after them all the time. No, no if anything, we even talked about boundaries. 100%, yeah. 100% with my children, my husband, work boundaries, just mm -hmm. categorizing and realizing what was sucking my energy, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that being one of them and just expectations we have on others and ourselves and being at peace that if it's not to go easy on ourselves to understand, guess what? We're in a freaking pandemic. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. You know, so on that note, Sarah, what, what do you want to say to those out there who are kind of like, mm, do I need coaching? They're listening. They've been listening to my podcast for a while they, you know, they're coping in their own way. What would you say to someone who, who's got an ADHD brain and is juggling everything and doing it in their way of they've been able to do however long they have? What have you got to say to them? Well, it's hard to not talk about this without sounding like an infomercial. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so don't be an infomercial. And I know I you're always from integrity. So. Oh, but I really believe in what you did is it's, it's one thing, if you think that you're going to get, and maybe it, I don't want to speak for other people, but for me, I'm just, all I'm going to give is my experience. Mm -hmm. If I'm just going to follow life coach accounts with their cute little sentiments mm -hmm. and get it, I mean, it's not, not to discount all the nice, all the great things that are out there that are free, but to have you sit in a conversation, let me talk, you mm -hmm. let me say what I need to. And what was super valuable is you would say, Here's some words I pulled out of what you said and to have you say them back to me. You can't get that from some kind of podcast. Your podcast is great. I know it's been super informative and many others. I'm, I'm a totally, 
I'm a podcast lover for right. sure. But to have that personal prescription of here's what is, I hear you, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. And here's what I got out of what you say. To have someone to help bring to light your, not just your struggles and have, have them sit in front of you and hold a mirror in front of you. Mm-hmm. Basically what you were doing, whether I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not going to come like I said, unless you're, I don't know, for ADHD though, it's, I think we need prescription. I think we need, and to find out, I I don't know why it was the biggest compliment to be like, I love this. You said to me, they teach me, they train me to find out whether within the first few minutes, if somebody needs therapy or something more, or if they need life coaching, you said, you're quite Mm self-aware and that you need life coaching. I was like, I do. That's great. I mean, that, that, there's hope for me. Not that there's not hope for people that need therapy, there, that, but that wasn't my deal. And I was happy to know that, oh, all I need some tools and some mindset shifts. I can do that. You know, I. Yeah, I was, and it's taking self, self-awareness to the next level. It's, yes. it's one thing to be self-aware of all the stuff you have going on. Yeah. But what are you doing about it? And I think that's yeah. where you were like, okay, now I'm ready to do something about the self-awareness. Yeah. As opposed and to. You really prescribe me asking myself the right questions too. Like you would say, ah, you need to ask yourself this or, you know, all these open-ended things that you'd be like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that can come necessarily from something that's like for everyone, open-ended for everyone. It, it, it has to come from someone who knows your story mm-hmm. and your situation and your because ADHD, it's not all the same struggles. Like I no. said, I'm each up. of my clients, they're all different. Yeah, I'm good at setting up systems. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people struggle with, you know, way different things than, yeah. than I do. But yeah, I, I don't know. That that I think is my takeaway. And it's funny, the, the knowledge that I had in the beginning and the risk I felt I was taking with money, you know, money's tight and risk I felt I was taking that way and having to like be honest to my husband say I did this and don't care I'm doing it you know to to be able to stand up have the guts to say I'm doing this it's kind of on the bank account don't care and for him to see me and be like that was like an answer to our prayers is Mm. having someone not Kathy or not not Dale not my husband you know Mm. having someone else to give give Sarah some insight because we don't listen to our spouses yeah and Many times you'd say things and be like, that's what Dale tells me to do. That's what Dale says. <laughs> and I'd be like, it is right after all. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. We need that. I don't know why we're like that as humans, but sometimes we need that. And I, 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 I just think it's important for us. And that's part of that self-love piece is no amount of money can be put on that. And this is something I'm going to continue to do for mm-hmm. myself. Regime. I don't need to go get my nails done. I need mm-hmm. someone to help me work through my brain. Yeah. Because it's going to be there for the rest of your life. And like, I have a coach and I continue to have, I have actually coaches. I have two, <laughs> one I use for something and I want to use for the other thing. That's awesome. And, and it's, and you know, the last three years of this career that this new adventure has been constant learning and constant then knowledge transfer and one thing to, to realize with professionally trained coaches, I don't tell Sarah what to do. No. It's, I'm there to reflect. I'm there to ask those questions from time to time. 
I will make suggestions, but it's up to her when she, and as you can hear, she's highly creative. She has her own solutions, but all she needed to do was process those. So my friends, we're, we're a few minutes into this and I don't want to lose my <laughs> audience's attention. Sarah, thank you so much for, for being here, for, for having me along with you on your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor and we'll, we'll continue this, I'm sure. And I'm lucky to have people like you in, in my path and to, to build this community has been amazing. So thank you so much. And thank you for taking oh, the time you. to do this. I really think it was no accident. You came right when I needed you. And I mean that sincerely. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Well, till next time, um, friends, keep on shining. There'll be more episodes to come. I think in the next few weeks, I'm going to be focusing on ADHD traits in specific and um, so subscribe so that you get into the list and habit of my weekly episodes. They're not ever on the same day, by the way, as I publish them. They're on the same week. Sometimes they're on a Tuesday, sometimes they're on a Thursday, and that's just how it is. Till next episode, keep on shining.